So Chuck, hey, it's July 5th. Yeah, it is. I love this. This is like, other than Easter, this is like my favorite holiday. So I missed my moment last year. Yeah? Last year I flew into Nashville, mm. the big BNA airport. Oh boy. And I was sitting across the aisle yeah. from Lee Greenwood. Get out of here. Lee Greenwood, his wife, a couple of his kids, they're on their way back from vacation. I'm proud to be an American. I grew up with that song. I remember our minister of music coming to the or school. At least I know I'm free. Playing it on the piano. You're standing with pride. I should have had Lee Greenwood sing. Who gave that right for me? So I gladly. Stand up. Next to who? Her. <laughs> so we love America. And defend her still today. So I had my chance. Yeah, you did. I should have had Lee Greenwood right there on the airplane stand up and sing. I guarantee he'd have done it. God bless the USA. I, I, there's no doubt he would have done it. So I know it's fine. We love uh, America. We love cookouts. That's yeah, why we we're at a picnic table today. But we really do believe that God has blessed us in this nation. There is no doubt. I mean, if you think about it, America is still the greatest nation on the planet. Absolutely. This is something that hit me today as I was coming over here, that uh, we get to be on public land talking about God blessing the United States and no Jeeps roll up and tell us we have to leave. There's nobody here that says you can't do that. If anything, it is a reminder to all of us that the very foundation of America was built on a Christian heritage was built on the scriptures. Obviously, America's not perfect. Obviously, there's some things that we're working on, but today we're grateful you're here today. We're grateful we get to celebrate, and we can't wait to celebrate with the city uh, in a few weeks, but we want to say today there's something we can pray for, and so we're grateful for this nation. Yeah, we are. Uh, My granddad served in World War II. My dad served in the military for 37 years. I was part of the Air Guard for a number of years, and I'm grateful for this nation. And so today we invite you to worship with us, but also to learn how to pray for our nation. Absolutely. Matter of fact, why don't we start right now and pray for this land? God, thank you that we, uh, we have the privilege and the honor to live in this great free land. But Lord, would you draw us close like a lasso pulling a calf? Would you draw this land back to you and uh, bring us together, heal our nation? Let us be a people that are founded and grounded in the love of Christ and the love for your law and the way we're to live. Thank you for the grace and the mercy you continue to pour out on this land. God, I pray we'd we'd stop taking advantage of it. We'd run back to you just as a prodigal son ran home. Let our nation run back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am glad that you're here today. And we, Bobby and I have this teaching that I think... uh, meets the need of this uh, crisis we find in America. But it seems like America never can have a crisis. It feels like we always have multiples. And 2020 definitely feels that way. It's like, all right, crisis number one. Yeah. Oh, that's not enough. Crisis number two. Oh, Just here's another one. Right? Yeah. And you know, I have found people are exhausted by the amount of crisis that they experience by just turning on the television. I, I have learned that, that you really have to be careful turning on the TV or it will literally suck the life out of you because of the amount of crisis that are happening. It's like the world is upside down. But I am reminded that it's much like what the nation of Israel experienced. 
think about the crisis after crisis after crisis. I mean, uh, you think about Moses having to lead them out of bondage, and then you think about 40 years, and then you think about what it took to cross the river and all everything. All the enemies and everything. Yeah, so I think in many ways America and Israel have some very unique things that make them closer than many of us would, would be maybe mindful of right. in a day. But I, I do know this. Both of these nations are in need of a miracle of God. Amen. And I, I think when I say miracle, our Americanized version of miracle in Christianity feels more like, oh, yeah, a miracle. Like, you know, we say that all the time. You know, the end of a ball game, it was a miracle. But we're talking about the kind of miracle that God has to step into and create, not something we can create on behalf of God. It's sort of like in the Gospels when Jesus would perform miracles. They were never just for show. No. It wasn't some trick that he was doing, but right. it always pointed to something bigger. And at the end of it, regardless of if people trusted him or not, they knew that he was real. That's right. It was obvious that it was a God thing. And that's what we're praying for today yeah, yeah. is there would be something that's obvious that God has done in our yeah. nation. When I, think of, uh, when I think of the ministry of miracles that Jesus w- brought to the world, I am reminded that every single miracle had more than one meaning. You know, if if someone had a physical ailment, then it was a picture of a spiritual ailment. If someone was physically blind, it was a picture of spiritual blindness. So the miracle that America must desperately pray for is a miracle that is both physical, but it starts with the spiritual. And so when I think of that, I think, when are we going to pray big enough for a miracle large enough to bring America back to the Lord? And it starts with us. It starts with our heart. Uh, I'm an American. You're an American. It starts with our heart. It's one thing to pray for a nation as a whole, but to realize it's individuals. There's something we've got to do. So today I want to invite you to join us in Psalm chapter 80. It's a picture of Israel. And I think as Chuck has already mentioned, in some ways there's a lot of connectivity to the nation, to our nation. Both then and now. Absolutely. And so in Psalm chapter 80, what we're seeing is this nation that was the light of God. I mean, they had a checkered history. God had made a promise all the way back in Genesis 12 to Abraham. And then it seemed like for hundreds of years, God, have you forgotten us? God, where are you? God, when are you going to create us into this nation? And so finally, God does that. He delivers them. And they're on their way to the promised land. They enter into what God has for them. And yet they did what we do so often. They forgot God. Yeah. They, they knew God, but they forgot to make him a priority. And so in Psalm 80, here's these words. It says in verse 1, Please listen, O shepherd of Israel. So they're talking to God. You who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock, O God, you're enthroned above the cherubim. Display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. So he's realizing as he writes this, we've drifted, we've walked away. God, would you rescue us? And then he goes on to say, turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. I love that. That's such a, a prayer, I think, even for our nation to be able to say, God, we realize you've blessed us in the past. We realize we've seen your hand at work, but we know that you're not done. And we know that in many ways, we, like the nation of Israel, have forgotten. So God, yeah. would you turn us again to yourself? God, would you cause your face mm-hmm. to shine upon us? Because it's only then that we'll be saved. Not yeah. through politics, not through all these other things. It's only when God's face yeah shines upon us. It's kind of like uh, we were chatting the other day that 
Um, if you look at every challenge that our nation faces today, whether we consider it huge or tiny, at the end of the day, at the heart of the problem is sin. And so this is, this is a prayer. It's like we, we want to return. God, you're our only hope to do so. Well, uh, the nation of Israel that this prayer is birthed out of is, is a nation that was divinely planted by God. That's right. God had a purpose, a desire, and a planting that had purpose and desire for the nation of Israel. Well, so did America. I mean, I think we'll forget the eighth verse in chapter 80 in the psalm says, You brought us from Egypt like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us into your land. Israel was called God's vine, grapevine, throughout scriptures. And I don't know that you can make a, a, I don't know if you mess this up totally, because this is a picture of what we are like. We are, we are branches. He is the vine. We must attach to him. We must abide in him. This, this land that we love, this land that people have fought and died for, that we would have this freedom, the only prayer, the only hope we have as a nation is recognize we're a brand, branch that is attached to the vine that brings us and gives us life. We need to return to the recognition of the divinity of the one who planted us. Like, uh, when I hear people talk about the American dream, I, I think God put an American dream into the hearts of the men and women that founded the nation of America, just like he did in the nation of Israel. That I believe the American dream isn't about a bigger house and a chicken in every pot. The American dream is that we have a place that is free to worship and recognize the goodness of God. Somehow, some way though, we lost sight of that power. And now we only return to God in times of crisis. But of late, I'm not even sure I see us turning to God for crisis. I see us looking for a more humanistic answer to everything. Right. Like we need more government, we need more money, we need more education, we need every, everybody's got an idea of what we need, except the one voice that I believe the church has to have, and that is we, we've got to return to God. All the governmental plans in the world are not going to take place. It will never replace what the church of the living God is here to do. So in many ways, if we don't return to the Lord, we really are just going to wander in the wilderness again. Yeah. It feels like we've been doing that. And I love that imagery of the vine because a vine isn't something that you build. Yeah. It's not something that you assemble yourself. It's something that's living. That's right. It's something that's living. And I love, there's a preacher years and years ago that said, when you trust what man can do, you get man-like results. Yeah. But yeah. when you trust what only God can do, you get what only God can do, God-like results. Yeah. And that's what we're praying for. That's what we need. It's not more noise in the media or on social media yeah. or chatter, right. but to say, God, we need you to do what only you can do. But you know, America, like where we're sitting right now, folks, just to my left and Bobby's left are a garden. It's got tomato plants and a little of everything growing in this garden. And uh, some of the, some of these plants that are out here, the, the primary stock, the primary growth space, I mean, they've shot up in no time and they're, they've gotten healthy and big and it's green and it's luscious. But those plants, once the, all of the fruit and vegetables have been pulled off of it, those plants are going to wither and die. When, when we talk about 
being able to abide in the vine of Jesus our Lord. We're talking about a vine that not only never dies, but has proven that it died and could come back, that it will, it will endure every season. These are going to die the moment it starts getting chilly again. But this is why a nation has to return to God and recognize this is the vine we've got to cling to because it's a vine that will never die. That's right. I think that's a beautiful picture. This is a nation that was birthed and planted by God himself. Yeah. And so today, as we continue just in a time of worship, I would encourage you just to pause even now and to ask yourself, how have I been blessed by God? Mm. There's the old hymn that says, count your blessings, yeah. name them one by one. And so in the middle of this environment where everybody's angry about everything and there's a lot of things that are broken around us, yeah. it would be important for us, I think, yeah. to stop and to actually count those blessings, to yeah. give them a name today, that everything's not perfect, we're not in heaven yet, but there are some things that we can be grateful for. Yeah. And so Zach and the team's gonna lead us, but I would encourage you to take a moment and begin to think about how have you been blessed? Yeah. Where have you seen God at work? Would you take a moment and just say, thank you, God. Thank Amen. you for the blessings. We'll be back in a few minutes. God of wonders, power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. There's no prison wall you can't break through, no mountain you can't move. All things are possible There's no broken body you can't raise No soul that you can't save All things are possible Oh, the darkest night You can light it up You can light it up Death is overcome Oh, you've already won Oh, God of revival God of revival You rose in victory And now you're seated Forever on your throne Why should my heart fear what you've defeated? I will trust in you alone. There's no prison wall you can't break through. No mountains you can't move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise. No can't save all things are possible oh the darkest night you can light it up you can light it up you're the god of revival let hope arise death is overcome you 
your city Come awaken your people God of revival, pour it out, pour it out Every stronghold will crumble I hear the chains at the ground God of revival, pour it out, pour it out Come awaken your city Come awaken your people God of revival, pour it out, pour it out Every stronghold will crumble I hear the chains hit the ground God of revival, pour it out, pour it out One of the reminders throughout scripture is the nation of Israel was no accident. It was right. planted by God himself. Yeah. And I think in, there's so many parallels when we think about our nation mm-hmm. and we think about our roots. I mean, think about some of these lines that come right from the pilgrims from the Mayflower Compact when they wrote prayer after prayer after prayer. And when they prayed, they said, in the name of yeah. God, yeah. amen. Yeah. Right. This was part of their life. Why did they write it? Well, they say, even in their own document, it says, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country. Yeah. Powerful lines. And yeah. so in so many ways, the nation was planted by God himself, and then the nation of Israel prospered when they stayed yeah. in God. Yeah. It says in Psalm 80, verse 10, the hills are covered with the shadow of it. And the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea and her branches unto the river. This is a huge picture. This is a picture of prosperity. This is a vine that's overshadowing everything else. And it's growing and growing. And the nation of Israel, we know from its history, has only done that when it remained in God, when it trusted God, when it didn't forget. You know, the prophets of old, when in the middle of everything that happened, in Israel spoke so much about hard work, spoke so much about uh, returning to God what is his. It talked specifically about having yourself rooted and grounded in a faith in a God that divinely prepared you and planted you and prospered you. And you know, American was birthed on that. 
America's birth on that type thing. I mean, we have poverty here in America, no doubt. We have, we have great poverty. And, and Sugar Hill Church does all it can to try and assist people that are marginalized because of that poverty. But it, at the end of the day, our, parv- our poverty in most countries around the world would be a wealth of everything, money, wisdom, opportunity. We are abundantly wealthy as God has prospered this land and planted it just as he did the nation of Israel. That's one of the reasons why we encourage everybody to go on a mission trip at least once in your life so that when you walk into another culture, you walk into another land, regardless of your education or income or any of those things, you quickly realize how blessed we are. And so one of the things that is interesting is we see physical poverty. We see, you know, sort of the economic poverty but the reminder of passages like this is honestly the true poverty that all of us have is a spiritual poverty. Absolutely. That if we want to see renewal in America, yeah. it doesn't start with politics. It doesn't start with headlines. That's it's certainly right. not going to happen through social media. Right. It starts with individual hearts yeah. being aware that there's more poverty there's a spiritual poverty and we're bankrupt yeah. without him. I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen these, but I've seen houses with, uh, they look like uh, real estate or political signs in people's front yard. Just says, be kind. Have you seen any of those? Mm, I haven't seen that. I, around where I live, I see them all over the place. It just says, be kind. And uh, my thought behind that is, that's one thing, but it's a whole nother thing to have a reason for which you're kind. Mm. You know, I, America is really good at lipstick on pigs. You know, we're really good at trying to make sure that we look good. But I I believe the similarities with Israel and the similarities with America, while they are why are they while they are unique, we also have vast differences. You know, the nation of Israel has taken their faith and their government and they've melded it all together in a familial belief system that doesn't believe the Messiah has come yet. This is where we have a vast difference between our two lands. Where here, you, you have the freedom to choose to worship any way you want to. And while it, while it grieves me that I don't feel like we are a, a Christian land, that we live in a post-Christian world, it also excites me on the belief that we have the opportunity to return to the basics of faith that this land was built on. And having said that, I, I'm reminded, Bobby, we... If you and I sat down and we started making a list of all the things that are wrong in America, you could go nonstop for hours. But if you, flip the, if you flip the page and you said, but what's right with America? I think we would say, well, our foundation is still solid. I think we would say our founders were, were bright enough to draft for us a constitution that left room in there for God's providence. I think we would say that we know what the return requires. The return is not to make America any type of anything, again, other than godly. You know, I've heard this phrase a lot over the last few years, make America great again. And uh, I I think I understand the intent behind it, but how awesome would it be if we were to make America godly again? What would happen if each individual heart returned to Christ in their own way to deal with their own sin, and we stopped pointing a finger at everybody else's sin long enough to realize it's my sin? I mean, the, the, the problems in America, all of them return to this one thing. We, if it's racism, we have a sin problem, not a skin problem. Right. You know, if, if it's immigration, we, we have a sin problem. If, you just look at everything. Everything. 
I mean, when I think of every problem in America, I think to myself, we have one solution, and that one solution is to return to God. That's right. I love how Scripture talks about it. Scripture can talk about the sins of the world, which yeah. it does oftentimes, but it also reminds us individually yeah. that we need Christ. Not just our nation. The way that our nation has renewal right. is when its people That's right. say, I want to lean in. Yeah. I want to be renewed. So if you're in church to say, man, I don't want to leave my first love. I don't want to be like the, the scriptures that talk about the church in Ephesus right. that knew God but walked away. Right. So for believers to say, man, I want that kind of renewal. Yeah. But then for people that maybe don't know him yet to say that's where it starts is yeah. all, all the external stuff. I'm not opposed to it at all. But to try to separate that from an internal change yeah. Is, yeah. is never going to complete it. I love what John wrote in Scripture when he said, For this is how God loved the world, yeah. that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into this world not to judge it, but to save the world through him. So not through politics, not through social media, not through and just go down the list of whatever those things that we try to attach ourselves to, yeah. but through him. Jesus right. is the biggest deal, as we say, right. around here. And so it's by returning to him that renewal happens in our lives. So I hear, uh, I hear people ask me this a fair amount. It's like, Pastor, but what can I do? And, you know, it's, it's true. If it's about a pandemic, I had people say, but what can I do to help? When it comes to the, uh, uh, the, the racial crisis that is heightened once again in America today, what can I do? And the answer to all of them is this. You guard your heart. Let your heart be receiving of forgiveness. Let your heart be the recipient of God's grace. Yeah. Let, let your heart, your soul, and your mind, let it lean so, so drastically into the power of God that you are radically changed. And when you are individually changed, a family changes. And when a family right. changes, a community changes, and a church changes, and inevitably a nation changes. Yeah. I believe God and his infinite wisdom and providence looks at America and is awaiting her to look back at him and say, I need you. Oh, I need you. There's Every something about that you. heart change, yeah. that, that internal change, that if we keep getting that right, yeah. it's got to change Absolutely. everything else. It'll filtrate Absolutely. through everything else we do. So I wonder today in your life, are you ready for that change? Are you ready to say, I want to be a part of the solution? I, I want to secure my future. I want to make sure that, that I do my part. Then start with your own heart. Jesus, would you step into my life and forgive me? Would you become my Lord? Would you become my Savior? I want to thank you for dying for me and raising from the dead for me. And friend, if that's your prayer, you've just called on the name of the Lord. And Jesus hears you and answers you. But you might be here today and you've been a believer for 40 years. But somewhere in there, it's just grown easier to point at everybody else's sin, point at every, every other problem, to look at government for the need or your bank account for need. And you recognize, I need my heart to return to my first love, as Bobby talked about. I need my heart to be restored and renewed. Either way, when we call on the name of the Lord, he is faithful to hear us and answer us. Would you pray with us? God, for the folks today that would say, that's me, I need Christ in my life, I pray they'd have the courage to drop us a line just next in this chat, chat box or maybe even click where they could raise their hand and say, I'd like information to know more about my faith. God, I pray they'd have the courage to simply call on your name. And Lord, for folks that are here today and they're, uh, they've been a believer for a long time, but 
there's nothing going on in their life other than frustration and anxiety. Lord, would you give them the courage to let you well up within them and choose to live in courageous Christianity, faithful faith, and loving grace. Lord, speak to us today and give us wisdom and direction for our lives. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Friend, listen, let that Jesus go before you and make a way. Let that Jesus go within you, bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment, because he is always good and you are always loved. And in the days that are difficult, hop on his back. He's more than strong enough to carry you all the way through the middle of your challenges and problems, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friends. Go in peace. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed your time of worship, generosity, and a great teacher. Hey, I want y'all to know this. If you ever find yourself in need of prayer, we would love nothing more than to be alongside of you for that need. So if you're able to populate the comments right now, go ahead and do so. Go ahead and drop that in there. Let us know what you would like for us to pray over. In fact, if you would like to be a little bit more discreet, we do have an email address you can email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. Y'all, we cannot wait to see you again in person in our building on July 26th. It's going to be a blessed time, a great time to celebrate and worship together. But until then, God bless and go in peace.